Are rascals. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, we're going to have a great night tonight. Everybody turn to the person next to you. Tell them we're going to have a great night. Who's looking forward to summer? Everybody looking forward to summer? Oh, yeah. Beach day, surfing, fishing. What a great place to live in Hawke's Bay. Amen. It's fantastic. Hey, well, Pastor Mike seems to. What's that? Hey, big. Hey. <laughs> I'll speak to you later, boy. <laughs> Hey, uh, Pastor Mike sends his love to everybody. He's uh, in, uh, where is he? He's in Taiwan in a city called, he's in Taipei in Taiwan at the moment, having an absolutely fantastic time. Um, sends, his, sends his love. He wishes he could be here, but uh, fortunately he can't. But he is seeing a massive move of God over there and uh, seeing many miracles and absolutely having a huge influence. How many know that uh, the China is on the rise right now? The whole nation of China is absolutely pumping. So many industries uh, are starting up there, and it's just absolutely booming. Absolutely incredible. God is also doing a fantastic um, work in that nation. Uh, many people, uh, many, many millions of people are coming to Christ. And, uh, where Doug is at the moment, he's in a city, and just that one city alone with, with three million people in it, he said uh, over a million so far have given their hearts to Christ. That's a third of the city that was once under a communist rule has given their hearts to the Lord and now a Christian. That's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And so if God can do it there, he can do it here. Amen. He can do it here. We need God to touch our city. We need God to touch our, our region. And uh, so many businessmen over there, absolutely pumping. He's talking about one guy there's a billionaire. And uh, there's a billionaire that's over a thousand million. He's, got over, he's worth over a thousand million dollars. That's a massive amount of hoot. And they could buy a lot of McDonald's. Eh? This guy here is a um, great businessman and he's uh, holding meetings in his, in his business and um, seeing many, many businessmen uh, give their lives to Christ and absolutely have their lives turned around. So that's fantastic. And uh, so it's great that we can be a part of that. Amen? Awesome. Also, also uh, coming up on the 16th of October, everybody say the 16th of October. That is a Sunday and we have Pastor Tim Hall going to be with us. If you, don't know, if you don't know Tim Hall, he is one of the most funniest guys you can ever imagine. He's a, he's a big lad. He's quite a big lad, but he is so funny. And uh, for those of you that may have heard of Planet Shakers or something like that, a lot of the key people that, um, like Russell Evans, who, who pioneered Planet Shakers, and now has, has the largest, fastest growing, uh, the fastest growing church in um, in the history of Australia. There's planet shows going all around the world and uh, so many young guys are getting raised up out of that. This guy, t- uh, Tim Hall, was Russell Evans' youth pastor and he's actually also his uncle-in-law and uh, he's a massive, um, he's, he's incredibly funny but uh, tr- carries a tremendous uh, anointing around his life so bring as many people as you can. You're going to absolutely love that guy. It's going to be phenomenal. Also next weekend we have a, uh, what have we got coming up next weekend? Somebody remind me. Working Bee. Working Bee. 
A working bee. Sorry? It was it. It was it. Nobody likes work. <laughs> but yeah, we have, a, we have a working bee next Sunday. How many people enjoy the facilities that we have here right now? Absolutely fantastic. One of the best in Hawke's Bay. And it uh, doesn't come free, and it costs money to It costs a lot to keep it maintained. And uh, this is like everybody, this is our house. Okay? This is our house. This is the Lord's house, and it's our house. And uh, just like uh, people keep their own houses in good order, we want to make sure that this place is also kept in order so we set a good example to people in the community. Amen? And because it's a good thing to do. It's good to be a good steward. God gives us stuff and provides us with a great opportunity to have this great house of God, and he wants us to be good stewards. So come along next Saturday. There's going to be muffins and bits and pieces. Or you can even make, Anna apparently is quite good at making muffins. And so come along and let's, let's just polish this place up. Amen. Here we go. Do you have your Bibles with you today? Oh. That was a big year. <laughs> awesome. You got your Bibles. Why don't you open up your Bibles? Open them up anywhere will do. What was that? How many people love their Bible? Amen. That's the thing. I was just wondering what to preach on tonight, and um, I was thinking, man, anywhere will do. We just open up the Bible. We could just talk about anything in the Bible, and it's bound to change your life. Amen. Yeah, anything. The Bible is the word of God, as it's inspired by God, has the power to change your life, has the power to, to shape your life, has the power to do great things, has the power to absolutely transform your life. Amen? Has the power to give you eternal life. It's a great thing. So we could open up anywhere and have a look. And anything we get out of here could change your life. But tonight we're going to have a look at one part in particular. Tonight I want to talk about the making of a hero. Fwah! Somebody say fwah. Who likes heroes? Anybody like heroes? You scared me like that. How many people like heroes? Who's got a hero? Brian, who's your hero, man? Apart from me, who's your hero? Superman? Do you like Superman? Superman is awesome. Man. Sorry? How many people here got a hero? Some of you older people, I think you could put your hands up. I bet you've got a hero somewhere. You like to be somebody. Yeah. I know deep down inside you wanted to put your hand up. My hero. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about tonight the making of a hero. Amen. The making of a hero. Who would like to be a hero? Yeah. Some of you aren't sure about that. Who would like to be a hero? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. I'd like to be a hero. And it's like sometimes it's, you know, we look at, look at great people in the Bible or look at great people in the world and think, well, I wish I could be like them. Actually, you know, sometimes you don't really want to be like them at all. You are unique. God has made you just the way you are. You know what? God has put a hero in each and every one of us. There is a hero that lies within you. Is that in a song somewhere? Is it on Spider-Man or something like that? What's the theme song for Spider-Man? Spider-Man 2. Is that about a superhero? The hero lies within. Anyway, we're going to talk about tonight about the making of a hero. So everybody turn your Bibles to Mark chapter... There we go. Mark chapter, Mark chapter, Mark chapter 10. Give us a yell when you got it. Mark chapter 10. Who wants to be a preacher one day? Budding, aspiring preachers that we got here today. 
Reuben. Come out here, big boy. This is Reuben. Did you get your Bible, bro? Go get your Bible. You're going to need your one. This is Reuben. Reuben's a great young man. Fantastic young man. Awesome leader. Okay, Rubes. Yeah, where we are. Mark chapter 10, verse... You can read from verse 35 down to verse 41. Here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that that one? Which one? James. That's the one. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, do not, oh, you do not know what you ask. You are, are you able to drink the cup that I drink? And he baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. They said to him, we are able. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink. And with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit, but to sit on my right hand and on my left hand, is not mine to give, but it is for those to whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. <laughs> oh, come on. Let's give it up for Reuben. <laughs> Reuben's going on a mission trip one day. He's coming on a mission trip at the end of the year. He's going to be standing up in front of people just like you, and uh, except they'll look a little bit different to, the, to what you look like, and uh, he's going to be preaching the Word of God to them. It's going to be fantastic. So here we've got this, uh, this is an amazing passage of Scripture, and uh, can you imagine being one of Jesus' disciples? Can you imagine being in a time in this, just let your imagination, let you just let your mind off a leash for a minute, I mean, just let it, let it go wild for a sec, and let's just start to imagine what it would be like to walk with Jesus. Can you imagine what it was like when Jesus first came into the world, when he first started his ministry? And uh, can you imagine what it would have done to the, to the whole world? Can you imagine what, it would have, what people would have been talking about in society? And all of a sudden he starts to pick these people and says, come on guys, I want you to drop everything and follow me. And, uh, and it's like one of the, the, these two disciples, it's like they were, I bet you they were having the time of their absolute life. Can you, if you start to read through the, uh, read through the book, uh, the, the passages before that, you can see some of the amazing adventures that these guys were going on with Jesus. I mean, think about it. I mean, think about it, for example. It's like they're seeing um, the first thing ahead of Jesus. He goes to church with them. And all of a sudden, the church wants to, he starts to speak something to the church, and the church stands up and wants to kill him. He hacks them off so much that he stands, the whole church wants to get up and, 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 and throw him off a hill. And then another part, they're walking with Jesus, and it's like, they start to see all these miracles. They start to see people with leprosy. Anyone have seen leprosy before? And it's like, they start to see people with leprosy, outcasts of society. They start to see people whose lives are absolutely turned around. They saw, they went to a party once. They heard of this party, and Jesus turned up at this party. It was a wedding party, and the guy had run out of grog. <laughs> 
And it's like, this is everybody, I mean, this is where they got the, uh, the export yourself uh, ad on TV. You know, the, the, this, was, this is the story which they got that ad from. Like Jesus turned up at this party and the guy ran out of grog. And, uh, and all of a sudden it's like, he made grog appear. He made wine appear. And everybody, all the Christians keep saying, well, so it wasn't really wine. It was grape juice. And it was, you know, when, when they talk about wine, and those, it was actually grape juice. No, it was wine. If it was grape juice, they would call it grape juice. <laughs> It was wine. And so these, these guys are walking with Jesus, and they're absolutely blown away. They've heard about this guy. They've heard about He's been prophesied for years that, this, that, that a Savior would come and save them from the Romans. And all of a sudden, there's like this, they, this, this, this great man of God that starts to do all these things on the earth, and they've got the chance to walk with him. Fantastic. It's unbelievable. This is unbelievable. This is, this is crazy. Look at what our lives were like before, and look at what we're doing now. Walking with this man called Jesus Christ. Friend, I don't know about you, but that would have been the most greatest experience that anyone could ever have in their whole entire life is to walk with Jesus. Amen? And friend, if you don't know Jesus today, at the end of this meeting, you can have an opportunity to walk with Jesus too. And so these guys walk with Jesus, walk with a great man of God. They saw all these amazing things. Now, friend, I've traveled with, uh, with my father, who's a great man of God. Everybody knows that Pastor Mike's a great man of God. And I tell you, it's just like unbelievable. I've traveled with him and I've seen the most amazing things happen. I've been in the most amazing circumstances. And I think back years ago and I think, my goodness me, I could never ever imagine myself being in a position where I am now. I mean, most of you people would never have wrestled a witch doctor, but I have. Wrestled him on the floor right outside the front of a church. Man, we went for it, hammer and toe. God was manifesting and here we are, I was on the holding him down, and praise God he got saved. And uh, absolutely incredible, seeing miracles, seeing many people's lives transformed. And uh, I don't know about you, but, and, and, and it's like walking with, walking with Dad, walking with Pastor Mike, and thinking, my God, I want that, but I want it in a double portion. I want it in a double portion. I want more than that. I, I, I mean, I see, uh, I, you know, I see these churches that are growing and uh, having a huge impact and seeing God move across on cities and nations. And thinking, God, I want that. I want that. And everywhere God, God is looking for people who would say, yes, Lord, use me. And so this is, these guys are saying, these guys are absolutely having the time of their life. And, I mean, to be honest, they probably just couldn't believe their luck they got, that Jesus chose them to follow him. And it's like, see, Jesus will choose anybody. Anybody that will drop everything and just say, yes, Lord, I will follow you. So you don't have to be anyone special. All you've got to do is say, yes, Lord, follow me. Uh, yes, Lord, I will follow you. So he says, and it comes up and he says, then James and John, son of Zebedee, came up to him and said, teacher, or uh, uh, Jesus, listen to what they ask. This great man of God, they've seen amazing miracles. And they say, Jesus, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. It's like so many people come to God like that. God, I want you to do for me whatever I want. How many people ever prayed that prayer? Yeah, I have. <laughs> Maybe not in those quiet words, but we sort of say it in a different way. God, I want this. God, I want that. God, I want lots more money. I want this, that. We can say it in many different ways, but ultimately, so many of the times we say this. Teach easy. We want, we want, for you, we want you to do, what, do for us whatever we ask of you, because we know that you've got, you're a hero. You've just got all these superpowers, and, and 
We want you to do for us whatever we ask. And it says, and he said, well, what is it that you want me to do for you? What exactly do you want? And he said, grant us that we may sit one in your right hand and one on the, on the other uh, and the left in glory. In other words, they're saying, we want to be famous. <laughs> How many people want to be famous? Yeah, I bet you all do. I do. And uh, so they're saying, Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And when you establish your kingdom, when you are in the height, the pinnacle of your power, where everything in heaven and earth is subdued to you, we want to be there right with you. We want to be, uh, this guy here, he wants to be on your left side, and I want to be on your right hand side. We want to look good. Jesus, when you come and look good, we want to look good with you. We want, we want to be great. How many people tonight want to be great? You're not getting convincing. How many, people have you, how many of you people want to be great? Man, I want to be great. I want to be used powerfully by God. Like the Bible says, uh, God looks for a man or God looks for a woman for which he can outwork his purposes through. See, God is looking for people, somebody who will stand up and say, yes, God wants to make you great. So there is a desire in their hearts to be great. And so for some people, that, you know, you start to think big, start to think big dreams, or want to do big things, or want to do absolutely outrageous things. Um, and you think, well, if I stand up and actually say that I want to do that, maybe so, I won't do that because maybe somebody will just chop me down. If I stand up and said, I want to be used powerfully by God. I want to travel the nations. I want to see miracles. I want the supernatural power of God flowing in my life. I want to pastor a big church. In fact, I want to pastor the biggest church. Typical New Zealand, they would say, oh, you just want to be, you're just too big for your boots. No, 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 friends. God puts a measure of greatness inside each and every one of us. God puts a measure of greatness inside every one of us. But friends, it, it just doesn't come easily. See, if you look at, if you look at so many people, uh, if you look at the history of the world today, if you look at some of the, the most prestigious universities, some of the most prestigious hospitals, they were founded by Christians. A lot of society that we have today has been founded upon Christian principles. If you look at the, um, if you look at the, uh, the, how the, when the British government started to, the British Empire started to expand, one of the things they do, they did wherever they went was installed Christian principles. Often you find wherever you go, wherever the British went, uh, there was not always good things, obviously, but there was also a lot, there was a lot of good things. They, they did a lot for society. A lot of what they did was they, they put education into, in, into society. They built hospitals. So a lot of where you look in society today, you see men of God that have stood up and said, I want to make a difference. I want to be somebody great. I want to build a big church. I want to build a big university. I want to change my world. I want to change my city. I want to change the face of the world. For some of you here today, I know God has put that inside of your heart. For some of you here today, it's like you've got a desire of greatness inside of you. I mean, I love this church, but friends, it is too small. I want a big church. I want the biggest church possible. <laughs> See, God puts a measure of greatness. God wants to work through you. See, God is a supernatural God. God is the source of all power. He is all power. He is all wisdom. 
The Bible says it is the same today as it was yesterday. He does not change. Friend, God is always looking. The Bible says that his eyes roam across the earth looking for someone whose heart is for him, that he can start to work out his plans and his purposes. Friends, it could be you tonight. He's looking not just at outward appearances. He's looking at your heart. So here are these two guys, and uh, they had a measure of greatness. They wanted to be famous. They saw there was something about Jesus that was transforming people's lives, and they wanted it. And he says, and he says have a look at this. Oh, let's turn back there. And he says, you sure you guys want this? Where is it? Turn, turn back there. He says, and then Jesus said to him, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Are you able to baptize? Are you able to be baptized with the same baptism that I am baptized with? And the thing is, it's like, if you want to be great, if you want to be somebody great, friends, there is always a price to be paid. And it's like, and I went to this boat show a little while ago, and uh, how many people like going to car shows or boat shows and stuff like that? It's like, it, it, it's not boring. <laughs> anyway, I, I, was walking, I was walking through this boat show and I was thinking, all of these nice boats. And I thought, man, they, I want one of those. I, I want one of these. This is what I'd like. So I go up and, can I have a look at the boat, please? Man, I want one of those. I want to have that because if I have that, man, it's going to look so cool and I'm, I want one of that. And then they tell me the price. It's sort of a little more than I wanted to pay. Well, it's like you look at a car on, you get a trailer, you drive down the road and you see this nice car, you think, my goodness, I want that car. And it's like, it says $500 on the, on, on, the, uh, on the card at the front. So I better go and check out. Surely it can't be $500. It's a parking. It has to be. And, and you go up to the card, and of course, the $500 is only the, the deposit required in order to get the car. Actually, the car is worth about $25,000. And all of a sudden, it's like you think, do I really want or need the car? How many know what I'm talking about? It's like you see a house or something like that. Oh, I'd like that house. You go and ring the real estate agent up, and it's, and it's got price negotiable on there. And it's like you ring them up, and you're sort of expecting to pay 150000 Well, it'd be all right. And, you, and then the real estate agent tells you the price, and you think, no way! <laughs> Surely not that much. Maybe I don't like the house after all. And then I remember just recently we were in, uh, we were in Singapore, and we went to this clothes shop. It's got all these nice clothes from. Unbelievable. And for, I don't know about you, but I don't really spend much on clothes. Don't think so. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know, how many people here you pay, I don't know, 100 bucks for a pair of jeans or something like that? And it's like, I mean, some people pay more. And anyway, we're in this clothes shop, and it was a boutique clothes shop. And uh, this, these people were blessing us. People said, come to our shop, we want to buy, we want, we want to get you some clothes. And it's like, mm, okay. So we go to the, we go to the shop, and uh, they start pulling out all these clothes, and it's like, uh, are we? Are they like showing us the clothes to give us the clothes, or are they showing us the clothes for us to buy us the clothes? And it's like this is a shop that we wouldn't normally shop at. And uh, it, it, all of a sudden, we, we started to see the price tags wrap up, and it's like, oh no! 
And so you get to a point where, do I really want the clothes that much that I'm prepared to pay that much for them? You know what I'm talking about? But it's like, yeah, on one side of me, I'm, talking, I'm thinking, I want those clothes. I want that boat. I want that car. I want that house. They were all good things to have. There was a genuine desire. I had good intentions in wanting that house. Good intentions of wanting that boat. Good intentions of wanting that car. But when I see how much it costs, all of a sudden it's like, do I really want to pay the price? Do I really want to pay the price? And friends, it's like this. God has put dreams inside every one of us. God has put dreams in, inside you and I to, to take us to the world, to have a great church. I don't know about you, but I, I want to see this church. I want to see more than 1,000 people. I want to see 5,000 people in this church. I want to see more than 5,000. Hearing reports that a third of the city is saved. Man, if it can be done in a communist nation, how easy can it be done to be in this little place here? Oh, yeah. Come on. That is what I want. That is what I want. It's like if you imagine a few years ago, you can imagine when we first came to this church, it was just a little baby wincy-wincy church. There was only a handful of people. There's only about 16 people in the church, including our family of eight. (laughs) But somebody on the inside saw a church a bit bigger than 16 people, including the family of eight. Meeting in a little room with with an organ God bless the organs if you play the organ. I mean, that was okay. People were inside. They were happy. But we wanted something more. We weren't content with just having a little itty-bitty baby church which nobody knew about. had a, so many hundred dollars in debt, and it had an organ in the front of it. And it was a, we wanted more than that. If, if this is the same God today as it was yesterday, then surely, surely, There's more to God than a little baby church like this. Somebody in their heart had a measure of greatness. That was Pastor Mike and Joy. Had a dream inside of their heart. God, I want to build a big church in Hastings. And all of a sudden, after years later, you're sitting now in a fantastic church that on a Sunday is now pulling, you know, somewhere between five and six hundred people having an impact thousands and thousands and thousands of people around the world. But it started off as a dream somewhere in here, like a good idea, I want that. And somehow it's gone from being from there to now you're sitting in somebody's dream. How did it go from there to here? Somebody had a dream of greatness. I know many people around the world, and a Pastor Kong He, when he first started his church in Singapore with 12 teenagers, the, the comments people made to him, he was saying, I'm going to build a big church that's going to shape the face of Asia, going to shake the world. He started a church, and all the other people said, mate, you're nothing more than a glorified Sunday school. 16 years later, they've nearly got 20,000 in the church. Absolutely shaking the face of Asia. See, God has, and and if I showed you a photo of him back then, you would think, through him, through her. 
But see, see, like I said, God has put a measure of greatness. He wants to transform the world through you. Sure, he can do it sovereignly, but he wants to do it through you. And so here Jesus says to these guys, these guys come to Jesus and say, Jesus, we want to be great. We want to be great. We're not just, we're not, uh, we're not satisfied just to walk with you and to watch what you do. We want what you've got. In fact, we want to be sitting there with you. That's what I want. I want to be great. But friends, the, he says, guys, he said, I know what you're saying, but are you prepared to drink the same cup that I'm about to drink? Are you prepared to be baptized with the same baptism that I'm about to be baptized with? In other words, he's saying, are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to pay the price? And I know for, for many of us, we stand up in front of church, we lift our hands and say, God, use me. And we say, God, we want to build a great church. Yeah, that'd be great. God, I want to win my schools. God, I want a big kids church ministry. God, I want a big youth ministry. God, we want five, 10,000 people in the church. Yeah, God, that'd be a great idea. Because for some people, it's like, yeah, we'll look famous. Yeah, you will, <laughs> you'll be famous, all right. I don't know about you, but I want that. But the, but the thing is, it's like this. You will get what you pay for. And we're not sure God can do it sovereignly, but he wants to do it through you. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to pay the price to see this church grow from five to 600 to 5,000? What sort of a cost will it cost? What sort of a price will it cost in order for us to take this church from five or six hundred to five or six thousand? Friends, yeah, God can do it sovereignly, but he's looking for a man and a woman to work through. He's put that greatness, he's put that spirit inside of you. Are you willing to pay the price? You will get what you pay for. Friends, you can be content just to come here and, and, and sing happy songs and lift your hands up and have the pastor lay hands on you and prophesy some great word upon you. And you'll go away all feeling goosebumps or maybe fall over or laugh or giggle or something like that. And that'll be great. But friends, I want something more than that. To me, that is not enough. When I see that, I think, God, yeah, that's cool. But you're the God of yesterday. You're the same God you are today. Why can we not have what was happening there? Why can we not have it today? Why can we not have it today? Friends, we can have it today. The issue is, are you willing to pay the price? If you, let's have a look back at, this, um, back at the scripture here. And it says... Um, you will indeed drink that cup. Friends, I don't know about you, but I am totally committed to seeing this church grow. I am totally committed to seeing this baby hit over a thousand. Yes, it will upset one heck of a lot of people. It will be hard work. It will be hard yakka. Friends, it's like just coming to church on Sunday on time. That's not paying the price. That is not paying the price. Some of you think to, to get up and, 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 and come to two services, win one service regularly, be here on time. It's a big price to pay. No, it's not. <laughs> that is not paying the price. You're actually getting blessed. <laughs> what are you willing to give up in order 
for this place to be turned around. It's like if these guys had just turned around and said, oh, actually, no, we don't really want to pay the price. I wonder how that would have changed history. So you're sitting in a place right now, you are getting blessed because somebody paid a price. I wonder how many other people out there need, who need God looking for somebody to impact their lives. But somebody needs to pay the price. Friends, we can have so many good ideas in our, in our hearts and so many dreams in our mind, but at the end of the day, uh, do you want it that much where you're willing to pay the price? Friends, it will cost everything. If you look at, uh, and uh, he says here, um, he said, are you willing to, uh, he said, you will indeed drink, the, you will indeed will pay the price. And he said, and in verse 41, it says, when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. And they said, who do you think you are? You think you're so cool, you think you're so great, you want to have a great church, you want to be the, you want to be famous. See, the friend, the thing is, Jesus never rebuked them for wanting to be great. He never rebuked them. He never said, guys, Sorry, pal. <laughs> you're, you're in luck, mate. He never ever said that. He said, because that greatness, that hero, that desire in their heart to make a difference came from God himself. Jesus just is just saying, if you want to be great, you've got to pay the price. Are you willing to lay your life down? Like I said, if you look right through history, you look at the world, the society that we live in today, we are so very, very blessed. But we are blessed because somebody paid a price. It costs somebody something. For you just to read your Bible in English, it costs people their lives. For people to carry the gospel, the king, the, this good news, it came at a price. For you to live, for you to come to this church and get blessed, Every day it costs a price. The question is, what price will you pay? Will you be satisfied in just coming along and just getting the blessing and reaping the blessing? Or will you be part of something greater? See, all through history, God used people. Ordinary people who were just like the Bible says in, in Revelations, he said, for those who love, love their lives, not unto death. In other words, they weren't afraid to die for what they believed in. At the end of your life, whatever that is, you can look back and think, I've lived, I've lived, I have served God, I have done the best that I possibly can do. I've lived a fantastic life. Or you can live a life of regret. If you ever bought something of junk, if you ever bought something that's parallel imported and you, you, you're looking at buying two, two drills or something like that, I mean, I looked at buying an angle grinder and I thought there's a cheap one here for, for, for $14.95 and there's another one there for, for, for $150. And it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I want that one for $150, but I only want to pay $14.95 for it. I take the $14.95 one because it's appealing to my... I don't really want to spend $150 on a big angle. Take the flipping thing home, and only works for an hour or so, and then it sparks out. You think, I should have paid the price and got the better one. Friend, I don't want my life to just fizzle out after a few 
flipping years on the earth and think I should have paid the price while I had the opportunity. For some of you at school right now, don't sell your lives cheaply. Don't just go along with the crowd. Because one day you'll leave school and you think you'll, those years will just fizzle away and you come out and you'll, you'll look back and you'll think, I should have paid the price. I should have paid the price. So I don't want to get into my later years in life and look back at what we could have done as a church. I think I should have paid the price. If only if I just stood up in school for what I truly believed. If only I stood up into the community and, and declared what I truly believed. If I was only willing to lay down my life, no matter what the cost, if, it, if I got stoned, if I got, uh, if I got beat, if I got whatever the cost. And it's like if you see so many men and women of God, if you would just talk to them and say, how much did it cost? You know, I talked to one great man of God. I won't tell you his name. He, 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 sees, he sees the most incredible miracles. And I, I spoke to his family, and, um, and uh, I spoke to one of the members of his family who was married to, uh, into the family. And I, I said, man, this is great. I said, I, but I asked him the question. I said, tell, tell me what it's, what it's been like. And he said, oh, yeah. He says, it's, it's hard. I mean, you see a great man of God up there, and he's ministering in the power, and, and you look behind and you think, well, actually, yeah. Well, my father, he got, he got shot in the mission field. He just got shot with a rifle in the head. That's him. He's gone. Lost his parents. His wife, just a young girl, um, had some sort of disease in her ladies' parts. And in the mid-20s, she's had to have a full hysterectomy. And this is somebody that sees signs and wonders sees many people come to the Lord. Do they give up? No way. No way. Friends, the price is great, but the end result is worth it. And it's like you look at Paul, all these great men in the Bible, where would we be now if they just didn't, if they didn't stand up, if they didn't pay the price? I only have to look through my own family. It's like we look at all this wonderful music gear up there. There was a time when every Sunday, man, we had to um, we had to set the whole church up. We didn't have our own building. We had to set the chairs out. We had to build the stage. We had to set up all the musicians. We had to set everything up on a Sunday and then pack it down at night. And then, and then do it week after week after week after week. And that was just a small price to pay. And I was talking in a, I was in a Bible school a couple of years ago in KL, and I was talking to these people in the Bible school, and they'd walked, they had walked over mountains. It was like walking from, um, it was almost like walking across from, what, what, are the, what are the mountains down south? Is it the Southern Alps? It was like they walked across the Southern Alps to come to Bible school. And there's so many people in the world today paying a price to see God touch their, their world, to see God transform this world. Look at all through the heroes. Of, you look at Hebrews chapter 11. All the people there, that, all the heroes of faith. Man, there was a prostitute in there. There, was all these, there, were, uh, there were all these what the world would call losers in this list of this hall of faith. But yet, 
their names are written in history. Now the Bible says, since we are surrounded by a greater cloud of witnesses, in other words, since we are now surrounded, all these people that have gone before us, they've all gone now, they're all dead. (laughs) Now it's our turn. Will you pay the price? Will you be one to, no matter what it costs, to see this gospel extended? Would you, no matter what the cost, are you willing to lay your life down for the gospel? Oh, yeah, Lord. Are you really? Friends, that is what a hero was made up of, first and foremost. They are not afraid to die. They're not afraid to die for what they believe in. And see, I believe there's a hero in each and every one of you here. But the question is, it's like, man, are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to pay the price to see your school won? Are you willing to pay the price to see our whole city turned around? Is it possible? Absolutely possible. Absolutely possible. There's only 10,000 teenagers, and there's only 10,000 students in high school here. Absolutely. Man, people have got that in their church, half that in their church. I know churches have got nearly half the population in their church, of, of Hastings in their church. Unbelievable. You see crusades over the world, and they've got the whole population of New Zealand turn up to one crusade. They paid the price. <laughs> Friend, like I said, don't let your life fizzle out like a match, like the flipping thing, and it's gone. Friends, let's lay our lives down. Let's be people that are committed, no matter what the cost, to build God a great house, to make the name of Jesus great. Amen? So God wants to do miracles through you. God wants to, to make your life great, but you've got to pay the price. Why don't you just close your eyes right now? Thank you, Lord. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus. Tonight, I want to challenge you. Why don't you give your life to Jesus? You know, so many people here, we talk about the Christian life as... God wants to bless you. God wants to do this. God wants to make you great. God wants to make you famous. God wants to bless you with so much prosperity that it's totally unbelievable. Yes, God does want to do all that. But he wants you to pay the price. He wants you to be a person that would lay his life down. And if you look at the end of that passage, he says this. Even I, the son of of man, came not to be a hero, but to give his life. See, Jesus Christ walked on this earth and did all these miracles, did so many amazing things. No one else has changed the course of history like Jesus Christ. He was only only in ministry for a period of about three years. Never traveled very far, never had telephones, never had vehicles, but has absolutely transformed history as we know it. But he paid a price. The reason he came was not to make a great name, but to pay a price so that mankind could be saved. Friend, if you don't know Jesus tonight, why don't you invite him into your life? I'm not going to promise you that it's going to be all rosy and 
God wants to bless your life, but it will come at a cost. Man, I've got, man, I'm so blessed in my life. I've got wonderful wife, wonderful family, wonderful things. I've got the blessing of God in my life, but it's come at a cost. Some of you, if you don't know Jesus, tonight is your opportunity to invite Jesus Christ into your life, to change your life forever. If you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, why don't you just raise your hand? Just give me a wave. want to know more about Christ, come up and see me at the end of the meeting. For some of you here tonight, as I've been speaking, it's like you've got a dream in your heart. You've got this feeling inside right now. The question I want to ask you is this. Are you willing to pay the price, no matter what it costs? It could cost you your life cost you your finances it could cost you your your pride but I tell you what the reward is absolutely beyond your wildest dreams friends we can have a great church we've got a great church but we can be even greater still we can see our schools turn around we can see our region turned around we can see it happen we will see it happen. The question is, will it be you that does it? Are you willing to pay the price? Maybe God is speaking to you right now and you're thinking, God, yeah, I'm not really, haven't really paid much at all. God, I want to see this church grow. I want to see your name made great. But Lord, tonight, I feel you're asking me am I, to lay my life down. People tonight, sense that God right now, if you're sensing that God is calling your life to, to a greater commitment, to a greater level of sacrifice, why don't you just raise your hand right now? Are you willing to pay the price? Different ones. Well, if you're not prepared to, maybe somebody else will, maybe another generation will. But either way, we will see our nation turned around. Amen? Either way, whether it's this generation, whether it's you, or whether it's my daughter Georgia, somebody will pay the price. Somebody will put their hand up and say, God, I'm willing to lay my life down to see your gospel extended. I can see if you look through history, you see all the universities, you see the most prestigious universities and hospitals established in the world today, established by Christians, willing to lay their life down. I wonder what God has got planned for your life, if you would just pay the price. I guess you'll never know until you actually do it. Amen? Wonderful. Fantastic. Well, why don't we just all stand up right now? we finish this last song, just encourage you to seriously consider about paying the price. Pay the price, it'll be worth it. Let's just sing the song and uh, be blessed in Jesus' name.